you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast never pays their sandwich bets. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am in a room that's filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Woo-wee! can feel the energy in this room. Greg and Wes about to board an early morning plane uh, to Tybee, leaving us uh, you know, behind, which is not their fault. We cannot go. <laughs> no, definitely not their <laughs> fault. Uh, yeah, Wes, Greg, the big fish, Evan Silva, the paramour, all will be in Tybee this time tomorrow. How exciting is that? Look, guys, if you can get away at the last minute, the owner of Huckapoo's, the great Eric Thomas, has offered his house as a crash pad for any overflow crowd. That's a nice gesture. But not surprising from E.T., considering Huckapoo's is kind of the cheers of Tybee, right? It's where everybody goes. It's home in a way. And he's also one of the uh, most generous men I've ever known. So. My image of Tybee Island is you can really walk into almost any house and just crash there <laughs> at no any locks. time. You I know? should tell you about the time I did that. Please. Oh, we can save it for Do they have a prison? Save for the Tybee Island. In jail? Crash, I've been in the jail. Crash pod. <laughs> <laughs> What's the crime rate in Tybee? Uh, Substantial? Sneaky no, substantial. There, there is a lot of drug activity. I, I, would I feel say like that. it's a lot of people running from previous crimes. There, it, there's a lot of tourism, so you'll have a lot of weekend uh, jailing. No one, no one talks about their former life once they get to Tybee. No. That's all in the past. Mm, like I would say it's rule. the opposite. Everyone has an interesting backstory. <laughs> okay. How you ended up in this end right. of the road place. Uh, so very exciting. And uh, please get Greg in some trouble, Wes. 
Yeah. I don't. Please. No. I mean. No, no, no. Yes. Come then on. there'll be a whole who wears the pants in the relationship that will take it to a new level because Greg's going to be in the doghouse. Oh, I happens. thought you were saying who wears the pants in my relationship with the U.S. No, no. A I, whole another conversation. I don't want your true. wife to have to take the pants back if I get you in trouble. What, oh, you mean like getting him thrown in jail? Well, I mean, Mark wants me to get him in trouble. I, I distinctively want you to have Greg in a situation that Greg has not been in roughly <laughs> 14 years. Well, that might happen even without getting him in trouble. Are you referring to getting him drunk? <laughs> I think he's been drunk. there. That's he's the only thing there. I want. He's been there plenty of times. Uh, get him drunk, Wes. We can't play the choo-choo music anymore. Yeah, I know. Come on, ride the train. Are you, are you excited, Greg? <laughs> I am, yeah. It's a regular you know, sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> Right here. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mark and I will hold down the fort here, and maybe, just maybe, we can get you guys on the line on Friday uh, for uh, our next podcast. But this podcast, yes, there's excitement in the air uh, over the big Tybee trip, but also excitement over, oh, it's back. It is time. It is the 2018 edition of the Dalton scale. Oh, yeah. In fact, that is the entirety of today's episode. We are not messing around. Uh, where, uh, What is the Dalton scale? We'll get into that in a minute. But essentially what this episode is is a breakdown of uh, the quarterbacks in the NFL, the starting quarterbacks uh, that we saw in action last year and uh, where they rank. And then with special attention given to where's the cutoff point where you don't really have a franchise starting quarterback that's what the Dalton scale is all about. Uh, and before we get into that conversation, just one quick thing. One quick thing. It's out there in, in the uh, world. It's a huge pop culture phenomenon right now. And it's also specifically something that's an audio file. So if you're on a podcast, why don't we just uh, listen and tell me what you hear. Laurel. Laurel. Do you hear Yanni or Laurel? I hear Laurel. I hear very... Distinctly, Laurel. Yeah, this time, Laurel. Yesterday, I heard Yanni. Let's it sounds it. completely different depends, to me. Depends on the frequency. What do you hear? Playing it, it through the podcast, like, f- through here, than it did the, when I play on my computer. It sounds yeah. totally different. It changes, your, it changes the frequency. What yeah, do you hear? I hear Laurel, and the first time I heard it, I heard Yanni. Same. I heard Yanni yesterday and Laurel today. That's so weird. One more time. Laurel. Laurel. This is like the audio version of what color is the picture of this dress. Yeah. But it, I, I think sound waves, it sounds like, and I don't know the first thing about it, um, maybe complete, completely rejiggered depending on what you're listening through. So maybe everyone listening to this hears Laurel, and uh, if you're listening to it on your little computer, it says Yanni. Well, got to the bottom of that one. Yeah, because if you pull it up on your laptop, that's what it sounds like. What if you're listening to that recording that we just all heard Laurel on through your computer? And then you screwed. Then you bang, your head explodes is what happens. Oh, man. It's crazy, right, guys? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Back. When it passes, I can get back on Twitter. (laughs) Back to the topic at hand, the Dalton scale. Established, oh, I would say Wes, uh, as the man that founded the Dalton scale, it was established, what, about five years ago now? We're in that range? That sounds right to me. And when you first established the Dalton scale, and I want people who are going to take this and aggregate it on their blogs, and, and first of all, get it right. This comes from the Around the NFL podcast. It was started by Chris Wessling. That is the source of the Dalton scale. And Wes, when it first popped into that magnificent noggin of yours, 
Uh, what was the Dalton scale to you? Well, it started because the Bengals were quite evidently in purgatory at quarterback where they were doomed to spend Andy Dalton's career right in the middle. Wondering whether they have a franchise quarterback, wondering whether they have an answer or not. Sometimes you feel like he is the answer. Sometimes you don't. When he's surrounded by great talent, he's a franchise quarterback. When he has to carry the load, he's not a franchise quarterback. So Andy Dalton is the prime meridian of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, the line below which you need a franchise quarterback and above which you are set at the sport's most important position. There you go. And what we have done each of the past three or four years now, we've had a conversation right around this time of year to say, is Andy Dalton still the man at the Dalton line? Uh, and uh, last year we came to the conclusion that, yes, Andy was still there. Uh, the year before that, which was coming off a season in which Dalton was a stud, we all settled on, as a group, Alex Smith was the new uh, Dalton line. Before that, when it started, it was Andy Dalton, uh, obviously, to start. So now we spin forward to 2018. Uh, Dalton uh, is uh, coming off. A tough year, a tough year for Cincinnati, a tough year for Andy Dalton. So I don't imagine the conversation is going to be had that he w- he is uh, well above where this line would be. Then the conversation can become, Greg, is Andy Dalton below the Dalton line, <laughs> which, which is, it gets complicated. Uh, but I think I understand this exercise by now. That can happen. You famously struggled early with the, the concept early. that the line could move up and down. Uh, it's really just about whether you found your franchise quarterback or not, and that Andy Dalton is always going to be that line, whether the line moves up or down. And I think what's been proven is the wisdom and genius of this creation by Chris Wesseling, because I feel five years in, Andy Dalton has never been more of the prime meridian in the NFL for quarterbacks than he is right now. He is the perfect line. I remember doing this exercise, you know, coming up with the best quarterbacks in the league. And he was like the one quarterback where I knew exactly where he was. There was no debate. Oh, should he be in front of him? No, he was exactly where he was. Franchise quarterbacks above and other guys below. And what I noticed when it was, and we what we did, this is just a fun dressed up way too to do quarterback. I mean, forget forget Trump. You know, Trump wants the you know, right. Nobel Peace Prize. How about Chris Wessling for coming up with this theory? I don't think they nominate him. Maybe not peace. peace. Maybe not peace prize. But do they have like you know maybe the science or uh, yeah, science just anal- analysis? They have general analysis huh. prize. The Nobel science. general analysis prize. Yeah, they I give away a lot. They give literature. They give it a lot. They give it a lot. Uh, so what we've done uh, this year is we we look to figure out. Who is below uh, the Dalton line? Who's above the Dalton line? Started by taking 30 quarterbacks that got uh, more, 10 or more starts last year, and we we gave we put a ranking on them, okay? And uh, the four of us, including Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, Greg Rosenthal, myself, and uh, we averaged it out, actually sent it over to Dave Ely, uh, a man often um, pounding the table for his boy Cam Newton, and also, look, let's be honest, looking for love at all times, Dave Ely. Uh, but he took a time out from scrolling through his Tinder to help compute mm. this for me, and I, I thank him for that. Uh, so let's just start with the, the – He t- might find love if he stops looking so hard. <laughs> if he got off an you know Excel I, mean? I think if you can't, if you oh, can't find any, any sort of connection on Tinder in Los Angeles, yeah. you have some issues. Yeah. Not saying that Dave does, but I, I don't oh. know. That's, that's true. And, Mark, now that I think about it, on Friday it's going to be uh, you and me, a return of the debate club. Maybe get Dave on the line. 
Just see where he's at. A check-in. A check-in. A periodic check-in on Dave's personal life. On his personal life. uh, On a popular football podcast. All right. So before we get to that really uh, uh, fascinating uh, underbelly of the quarterback ranks in the NFL, I just want to give everyone our top 10 quarterbacks when it was averaged out uh, in the league right now. These guys are nowhere near the uh, Dalton line. In fact, this is where you want your quarterback to be. If you're in the top 10, you're in a good position. We have him. Uh, Rodgers at one, Brady two, Carson Wentz at three, Big Ben at four, Drew Brees at five, Russell Wilson at six, Matt Ryan at seven, Andrew Luck at eight, Matt Stafford at nine, and Cam Newton at ten. Uh, Mark, uh, are you surprised by anyone in that top ten landing where they are? I had the only person, and this is projecting what I maybe hope or think will happen, I had Jimmy G at 10, but I'm not surprised he didn't make the group's ranking, and he came in at 12, so he came close. And I think Phillip Rivers at 11. I take it, For me, I look at games. Like, if I have a big game, do I want Phillip Rivers or do I want some of these guys above him? Ah, well, Rivers. what about – I don't know. Have, I like Rivers On your personal list, Mark, you had Cam Newton all the way down at 16. My personal list was generated in roughly 125 seconds while I was juggling other activities. So I, I'm even looking at my personal list saying, you need so you maybe need to do a second draft of this, but I am not a huge Cam Newton fan. Went, went seems high at three, but again, these are all guys, and I like seeing Stafford there in the top 10, kind of shows how much he's developed over the years. But none of these guys are even having the conversation in terms of whether they're franchise quarter. I mean, our top 10 lists across the board were, were pretty close to each other. Yeah. Uh, Greg and I especially were very close with a lot of our picks all the way through the list. Uh, Wes, um, the next uh, grouping, and this is like the – you're still clear because we have Andy Dalton in our uh, average ranking at 21. So we're going to get to that. We're going to build up to Dalton. Uh, so now 11 through 20, Cam Newton – Excuse me, Phil Rivers at 11, Jimmy G at 12, Kirk Cousins at 13, Deshaun Watson at 14, uh, Alex Smith and Derek Carr both tied at 15. And I, I wish I remember where Carr finished when we talked about this last year, but I imagine he took a drop. That was a tough year for him uh, and the Raiders. At number 17, Dak Prescott uh, after what was a disappointing sophomore season. Jameis Winston at 18. Jared Goff at 19, which might surprise some people, and then Marcus Mariota at 20. So, Wes, uh, based on the Dalton scale, these are all, all night, all 20 of those quarterbacks, including the last 10 I mentioned, are guys that are a solution, yes or no, yes or no, for teams. That's true. And my main takeaway from this year's project is that more franchises believe they have a franchise quarterback than ever before. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. And a lot of these young quarterbacks, to me, you guys look at this project differently than I do. I remain adamant that it's an off-season project. It's the GM's time of year. It's the roster construction time of year. It's which quarterback do I want on my roster, not which quarterback do I want for a game next Sunday. So there's no way that, say, the Bears would trade Mitch Trubisky for Andy Dalton. That's why Trubisky ranks higher on my list or Deshaun Watson or Mariota or all these. This is basically a tier of young guys who aren't proving yet, with the exception of Alex Smith, who I believe should be much closer to Dalton in the ranking. By your model, literally a first-year quarterback that you, the jury may still be out on Trubisky to some point, but the way the team building operates, there's no way he can come below Dalton because the team itself views him as a franchise quarterback. Well, it, it, to me, it's a trade value exercise. 
It's which of these quarterbacks has the most value in the NFL. And I believe those guys are all more, more valuable than Andy Dalton. And, and to my point earlier that it was the easiest year ever for me, and I think the most prescient that the, the Dalton scale has ever been is because, because none of these guys, there's not really much of a debate with any of these guys. Alex Smith, I had pretty close to the line uh, as well, Chris, and you could, you could debate whether he's a guy you build around franchise quarterback, but even guys like Goff and Mariota and Winston, who I had a little closer to 20, just because someone had to be there. There's, there wasn't any doubt in my mind that those guys are, are franchise quarterbacks. You're building around them without, much question or really any question it's it's not a year where I think there's guys ahead of Andy Dalton that you're thinking well maybe they're not going to be there a year from now well I think the Alex Smith specifically speaks to the fact that everything is relative he's been told by two different franchises now that he's not a franchise quarterback the 49ers and the Chiefs however the Redskins with no alternative available both of those teams the 49ers and Chiefs had Kaepernick and Mahomes talented, young, intriguing alternatives. The Redskins had no alternatives, so they see him as a franchise quarterback. Sure, Smith could – you could debate Smith would be below the Dalton scale if you really wanted. Well, but he's you, playing so well right now, it's hard. No, I, I think he's above. On the other side of it, it's like, yes, he was traded from the 49ers. Why did he get traded? It wasn't because he was necessarily anything wrong with Alex Smith. It was because Colin Kaepernick at the time looked like a phenom, and the Niners decided they wanted to make a move. Franchise quarterbacks do not get traded. Well, that's that's how you know the 49ers did not view him as a franchise quarterback. Wait a second, though. If he was a top five, top ten quarterback, the Niners, I don't think, would have traded him. But you could still be in that 10 to 20 range like we're talking about and and be a guy that's a solution but not a superstar. And I think a similar thing happened not at the same level now with his second trade where they think Patrick Mahomes is a guy that can be an elite talent. I still – I view – Alex Smith is a franchise quarterback. It, I think I think the Redskins see that too in the money they gave him. I think he could have three or four years where he could lead that team and be an effective starter. He just feels can you ask he for? feels like a long long term stopgap over and over though, in the sense that he's kind of like wherever he lands, there's enough people inside the building constantly right. looking to upgrade. There's there's a reason you know, Mahomes was there. It's because the Chiefs made a decision before the draft that they wanted to aggressively replace Alex Smith. That not only do we want to replace him, we want to give up a ton of resources to move up in the draft. And I'm sure they were excited about Patrick Mahomes personally. But I think in general, they were looking for a quarterback in, in last yeah, year's draft. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But And then Alex Smith went, went out and played the best football of his Played career great. last year. So I, I think he's... I think he's kind of a fascinating uh, guy in this dis- discussion. And listening to last year's show, we were much, we were not high on Alex Smith at all. In fact, um, he was much lower on the, on this list. We had him as a group below Joe Flacco. Uh, so I think maybe last year obviously helped him. Now the question is, is whether he's a, kind of a guy Washington c- can build around. They're hoping so. Other I'd- than Alex Smith, I'd like to ask the group a question because all these guys seem so locked in. The, the 10 to 20 young guys that we just went through. If one of them is, if you had to pick one of them to be below Dalton in the Dalton scale exercise a year from now, who do you think it would be? And let's not count Alex Smith. Jared Goff. Cause it's a tough one. Jared Goff. Uh, I wouldn't go Goff, but I mean, I, I guess Keenum could fall below well Keenum is well below uh Dalton you had Keenum right much now. higher than the rest at least in the I guess I'm looking at the the, on the group list yeah, I mean yeah. everyone else had Keenum in the bottom five 
Uh, and it, Mark, you had him around thirteen or four. It shows how hard it is. I if I, I had not to a choose one, thirteen or fourteen, had him at twenty. <laughs> if Goff would probably be my 20, pick too, just because yes. I'm not a hundred percent sure, and you never know what could happen this year. Kirk Cousins, I think, would be an underdog uh, pick for that spot if he just did not have a good transition I could see that. to Minnesota, and we and we soured that he actually isn't that big of a difference maker. But that's only because I'm having to pick one of these guys. There will be changes. I yeah. I, I think none of them. Yeah, I, golf to me is almost slump proof because of his offensive because of his play caller. Yeah, he's, that he's not going to have a bad sure. season because Sean McVay is just that damn good. How about Jameis Winston? Your answer is no one would. No, my answer would be injuries. So Deshaun Watson would not surprise me if he gets injured again. Mm-hmm. Or Dak Prescott if he has another season like last year. Mm-hmm. Those two guys seem like – What if Mariota fell off a cliff after the season we just saw? And I realize there's an issue around him. There's not a lot of weapons. But that's that also you could say about Andy Dalton, that Andy Dalton does not improve – like average players around him that he sort of is a product of whatever the offense is around him. When they were extremely talented, Dalton had a near MVP type run for an eight, nine, 10 week period before he got hurt. Is Mariota someone that if he just goes out and has more picks than touchdowns again, that he starts to, we start to see him differently. He's, he's hard because in 2016, he absolutely improved the talent around him. They, they did not belong with that streak in the middle of the season with like six straight games averaging 35 points per game with that roster. But last year with his mechanics a mess, yeah, he was he was bad. So unless he can get his mechanics straightened out, he's he's a candidate. But would anyone take Andy Dalton over Mariota? No, I wouldn't so take that's Dalton the thing. I don't, over any of these guys no. necessarily. Goff, you know, I would – I'd think about it at least. I wouldn't take him because Goff is so young and I, I still want to see what he does moving forward. Derek Carr is another guy. I'll just be interested to see where he is a year from now because of all of these young guys, his kind of stock in the league has gone up about as up and down as any of them. Right. It was only about three years ago where we were kind of down on Derek Carr. Then he's suddenly an MVP candidate, and now he's coming off another Great time. talent, though. Yes, a the talent is kind of un, 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 undeniable. One of the one of the great oh, quarterbacks' I forgot, potential. I forgot. Yeah, they forgot where you just were Just got to be careful. If we, we don't want to get too down on Derek. We don't get another Well, pop. he is an undeniable talent. You're speaking the truth. Like, when <laughs> you just look at him, like, when you look at his skill set, you can see why everyone loves Derek Carr. It's there like, are coaches and scouts who firmly believe he's going to be an MVP, an MVP at, at some point in his career. Um, and uh, the reason I brought up Winston and Mariota, who also came up, you just brought that up in a recent podcast. I think it's an important year for both of those guys. Yeah. If one of them or both of them do have, you know, substandard seasons, at some point they'll be, what, five years, four or five years into a career, you maybe can start to take a look closer look at whether they are the answer for their teams. We shall see. And now here we go. So this is where if we have Dalton as a group of 21, and just so everybody knows, this is how uh, in the rankings Zeuser had Dalton at 21. Greg had Dalton at 21. <laughs> Wes had Dalton at 22. And, Mark, you had Dalton at 27. So, I don't, I'm don't. i not an Andy Dalton Mark person. Mark does not believe in the Dalton scale anymore. I, I, I might have done my rankings in a way that you could critique and a little bit differently than Wes did, but I just feel that my issue with the Bengals in general is that we've agreed they need to, at some point, find a solution, and they refuse to do so. And I'm annoyed. Right. But... Mm. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to your list in a second, Mark. So Blow up the Dalton scale, Mark says. says. <laughs> the average rank. I'm not trying to be an anarchist with this. Just forget my sheet of paper. But everything on. else, everything else <laughs> makes sense. Um, uh, the, the the rest of us have Dalton at 21 or 22. So 
from the from this list, the average going down. These are quarterbacks according to our calculations uh, are not the answer at quarterback, unless they are. Everybody can pipe up, pipe in if you disagree. At number 22, we have a three-way tie at 22. Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill, and Sam Bradford, which is kind of fitting. Those guys are all tied together right below Andy Dalton. At number 25, Tyrod Taylor. 26, Case Keenum. 27, uh, and this is the tricky one, Mitch Trubisky, who only had 10 or 12 starts last year. Uh, and now has a totally different offense around him and coaching staff, so we'll see where he goes. 28, we have Eli. Uh, 29, Blake Bortles. Coming off an AFC Championship appearance, Blake Bortles comes in at number 29. And 30, Josh McCown, which makes a lot of sense. We like Josh McCown, but he is no one's version of a franchise quarterback to look to the future with. Hmm. Uh, Thoughts on that group? Chris Wessel. So many of these guys could move above Dalton. With a good year. Um, Eli, who I ranked very low, it's quite possible he could be seen at this time next year as a guy who's rejuvenated with all that offensive talent, and he belongs above Andy Dalton. Uh, Sam Bradford, I think he's a better quarterback right now than Andy Dalton, but durability counts, so I can't rank him as a franchise quarterback. He didn't play last year, barely. Uh, Joe Flacco could have a good year with all that new talent they acquired, but it's a dead giveaway when they draft a guy in the first round that you're not necessarily a franchise quarterback they told us what they thought in terms of where he stands on the Dalton scale they decided he's below it you don't take a quarterback I mean look at the list Flacco Lamar Jackson gets drafted Ryan Tannehill the Dolphins maybe they, don't. they, they do well that's the thing Tann- what is Tannehill seven one eight and one over his last nine starts right. I'm not saying and that's just, why they didn't that's, that was two years ago I get that but there's confidence inside the building they easily could have gone why, after a quarterback why were they reported to be interested in all those quarterbacks if there's confidence I well, Bottom line, they didn't do it. They didn't make a move. But, yeah, so then Bradford, uh, he gets let go by Minnesota. He signs with the Cardinals, and then the Cardinals draft a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, he gets traded by the Bills, who draft a quarterback. And then the Browns draft a quarterback. Case Keenum, he gets let go by the Vikings and uh, gets uh, signed uh, by the Broncos. Uh, and then uh, Eli is interesting in that they did not make a move. Like Tannehill, they stayed still. Same thing with Bortles and the Jaguars. And then McCown, of course, uh, you have now um, Sam Darnold in the building. Some people do believe that the Giants made a move when they drafted Kyle Laletta. Charlie Cashley believes he's guaranteed to be the heir apparent to Eli. Yeah, see? He was drafted around later than Davis Webb was a year ago. I know it's a different regime, but that you don't see fourth-round picks develop like that too often. Maybe Charlie will be, be right. Tyrod Taylor was the guy I think I had immediately after Dalton. And to me, if I had to pick another player who could be the Dalton scale right now, I think it would be Tyrod, who I think in a in a strong way is kind of a replacement-level starter where he's gonna he's not going to screw things up. He's going to be better than about 10 starters out there. Uh, he can. He has very defined strengths, some defined weaknesses, and he's just kind of right there, solid in the middle. Like Tyrod would, and especially now that he's done it in three different offenses in three different seasons in Buffalo and kind of been the same player regardless of who was running the offense. To me, he if I needed an heir apparent for the Dalton scale, it would be Tyrod. And all of that is true, but also it's very important that as soon as he plays, they want to get rid of him. 
Well, it, I think some it, of he's these He's never teams, had the same – yeah, right. He's nobody never had, in the NFL sees him as a franchise quarterback or else they would have traded for him or signed him. Right, like Buffalo and Cleveland are two teams that with the, with the way things have been – they, if they, if someone said we can give you what looks like stability for two seasons under center, right. those organizations would say yes, and that's what the Bills did say with Tyrod Taylor. That's what the Bills, the Browns, essentially are saying. It, mo- it might be two weeks, we don't know, but it's like we've got a guy ahead of the rookie, but you're constantly planning to replace him. Yeah. And if the if if if, if Andy Dalton weren't on a very unusual Bengals organization that's happy to stay stay where they are, he would have been replaced on the team he was drafted with by someone else. I believe that entirely. To Wes's point, though, I think Dalton would have more trade value than Tyrod. I also think Tyrod, yes. it, he, Tyrod's never actually hit the open market free agency. I think he would have gotten a similar or better contract to what Sam Bradford got. Similar. Uh, but that, again, puts him below the line. That Dalton, I, I agree with you, Wes. I think has Dalton more has trade more value. trade value. But, but what, what I'm saying is if Dalton had been drafted by the Niners or the Rams or the Cardinals or another team, do you think they would have stuck with what Andy Dalton is from 2011 until now, I just think it, it, the reason this list is what it is is that most teams have actively drafted and looked for replacement starters. And we have, a, we have five new quarterbacks coming in now that can make this list look completely different a year or two from now where Andy Dalton could wind up 27, 28, 29, 30. Right, you the difference it. to me is that the Bengals see Andy Dalton as a guy, if they surround him with the right talent, he he's the guy, and I don't think that I think the Chiefs once thought that about Alex Smith, but they got to a point where they didn't think that anymore. And you know, just like Alex Smith was an MVP, MVP candidate last year, we're only a few years removed from that 2015 season, which Andy Dalton played magically. And I think the Bengals, I don't blame them for thinking, hey, if we can surround him, he can he can get back to that. Um, that again, focusing in on those names that we have below, uh, Andy Dalton. It is interesting that, as I mentioned, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Jaguars are the three teams that are, are sitting tight with their quarterback that we see below Dalton, uh, and they got a lot of crit- criticism for it. So they're kind of banking on the idea that these these are guys that can and will be better than they were last season, or in Dalton's case, uh, get back, or in Tannehill's case, get back to where he was before his injury. Although Tannehill, he's been right next to Dalton every year that we do this. Yes, we thought about calling it the Tana scale. Just Which I like. I like sounded the sound nice. of that. back in 2015, and he hasn't really moved too far up or down. I think at some point, I, I bet I bet I had him at least personally above Andy Dalton in oh, yeah, the scale, yeah. but now he's below. It sure seemed like the Dolphins liked Baker Mayfield a lot, and I think if in a different world, Mayfield had slipped down out of that top world of draft picks, maybe the Dolphins would have done something different on draft day. We're, I'm picking nits here because, you know, Joe Flacco is below Andy Dalton ultimately. I was a little surprised – uh, I guess others must have had him a little higher up than I do in these rankings. Just looking at kind of what you know, basically just what he's put on tape for two straight years, and that he's an older—he's not that old, but he's older with pretty serious injury issues. That he was even that close to Andy Dalton was not someone I thought was kind of in the ballpark right now. I had him twenty seventh, so I was, was not one who had him high. Joe I had, Flacco, I had him twenty three. But, the, but I look at the last chunk of guys as, like, almost interchangeable to some degree. I had Flacco at 23 as well. Well done, Dan. Yes. What about the top 10, uh, going back to those guys? Is there anyone in that group uh, that you could see uh, potentially entering the Dalton scale conversation? Or I could open it up to the top 12 on our list. Um, 
I guess who jumps out to me just because of the lack of experience is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, we'll see. He might end up being a guy that's in the top five conversation, uh, but we haven't seen a ton from him. Uh, anybody to he, you? He was kind of the guys? dividing line between the established stars and the younger group. It was basically Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins was kind of in between. Because above that, yeah, I'd be shocked if you know Matthew Stafford or a healthy Andrew Luck or or even Cam Newton or Matt Ryan, certainly, if we were at all talking about them in, in their futures. I think it would have been easy to pick on Matthew Stafford in years past, but he's completely improved over the last Stafford's been 16, and 20, 20, 20. And that's the trick with Mariota and Winston, for instance, is I think about Stafford's career path, Cam to a lesser degree, that, yeah, even if Winston and Mariota are like, right in the middle of the NFL, but they show a lot of good things. Those are guys you're giving a big second contract to because the hope is as they get to their late 20s and, and early 30s, as we've seen, sometimes it's about your mind catching up and that guys like Matt Ryan are playing their very best at age 33. And I think that's partly because of experience because he's been in the league. So long. And Mariota's had, what, three, four coaches at this point. I mean, it's like you, as that's an organization, you have to look at what you put your quarterback through. And some of these guys have been through the ringer. I mean, Mariota, how, how would he be in a system that had been consistent from day one? Yeah, you can't overstate the importance of the right play caller. And I don't think it's any coincidence that St- Stafford's career stabilized when Jim Bob Cooter took over. Cooter. And started protecting him and getting rid of the ball fast uh, in an offense that suited Stafford, I think. But I, when I look at the top ten, to me, the candidates, the only candidates are the old guys if they fall off a cliff. Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, uh, Drew Brees. What, Andrew Luck, if he doesn't play again? Who would you? Who, did you have someone in mind, Dan? I well, like I'm, I don't want this to be the truth, but Andrew Luck, what if he comes back and he has, you know, 2005 Chad Pennington arm? What if he yeah. just lost his arm strength yeah. and those those passes that he – you know, he was always a turnover-prone quarterback. What if he ends up being a guy that can't force the ball into windows anymore and turns into a turnover machine? Uh, I hope it doesn't happen. It's a depressing thought, but you can't until we see him on the field, we don't know. It could happen to him. He He's a total mystery. What makes me feel good about him is I think he adjusted and was a very different player in 2016, a very underrated player in 2016 when he was playing through that shoulder injury. And I think he showed us a little bit more of a mature, didn't take as many chances, kind of developing, getting smarter Andrew Luck. And hopefully that's the guy that returns. I mean, Dan, to quell your fears, at least you know they're not the Colts are not rushing him back on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that they are even a little bit. Uh, here's the other, th- the other part of this conversation. So Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Ooh. Josh Rosen, Patrick Mahomes, all guys that aren't involved with this list but can easily uh, um, uh, be involved in either next year or in two years. Uh, is it, it – first of all, two-part question. Does it feel like there are more good quarterbacks right now and the possibility there's uh, at the position it's getting a little rosier, the picture, than it was in recent years? And two, uh, if, the, if these guys hit – and Tannehill is at 22 this year, and I think in past years he was more in the middle of the pack. Uh, not Tannehill, sorry, Dalton. At what point uh, does does Andy Dalton get moved out of the conversation as being that prime meridian? Well, I think Andy Dalton stays because he <laughs> – But what if he's like 28? But that, then at that point – That just means you have 27 guys who are really good quarterbacks. I, that ever you, happened before? No, and I think, I think the one thing, if teams have caught up to anything, it's the fact that you can go out and sign – 
you know, the Josh McCowns of the world and try to tell your fans all offseason, oh, no, we really like Josh McCown. Like he's he's going to be a solidifying presence in the locker room, X, Y, and Z. That's nice. But teams have figured out all that happens is you wind up going 5-11. and 11, People get fired if you don't put all your resources into finding the quarterback. And now the draft sometimes doesn't offer that many. When this one did, you saw a team like the Jets give up everything they had to to change their organization. And now listen to what they're saying. And so you cannot pass up the opportunity anymore. And the Daltons of the world, I think he's going to fall down this list as we see an unprecedented amount potentially of quality starting quarterbacks. Because there have been other years where there have been 12 quarterbacks on any given week that are eyesores. Right. If you get lucky, it's two or three tops. That's it how it should way, be. Though. Put it this way. First, and we'll never be in a QB nirvana because of injuries and all that. But um, if Dalton is on this, if we're doing this next year and Dalton's at 28, we are in an unprecedented golden age of quarterback play. And I hope it works out that way. But I imagine some of these guys will age out uh, at the top of this list and some of the rookies will fail. And then right. everyone else will it, he'll it probably will, end up in the same range. But, it will still prove his list or his right. theory to be completely true because right. it just if it has, plays out right. like that. Right. The problem yeah. was that we suffered through many seasons where Dalton was up around 19, 20, 21, and it's because there was an absolute dearth of quarterbacks. Well, it, one thing about this whole point is that there are 10 to 12 young guys here who franchises see as franchise quarterbacks who might not be. So that's kind of padding the stats here a little bit. Right. But I think that also what we've seen is that I've been collecting all these quotes from coaches and GMs over the years about how important quarterbacks are. And Bill O'Brien is the latest one who said it's impossible to overpay for a franchise quarterback. I've been collecting this because I don't think teams and analysts always thought that way, and now they're starting to. You don't have Jimmy Garoppolo sitting behind a established quarterback anymore. All these teams who need quarterbacks are going out and getting those guys. I, I do think it's, it's fair to say at this very moment there's more – franchises that feel good about their future at quarterback than any time, you know, in, yes. in recent. And that's good for and football. I, that, it's, a, it's probably a bubble, though. History tells us it's a bubble. And some some of that, this younger group, let's just make the group official. It's basically Jimmy G, Watson, Carr, Prescott, Jameis, Goff, Mariota. Let's make that the group for now. Well, then you got – At least that group, I'm homes, just saying – Trubisky, the All rookies. of them – their teams are not going to – all of those guys, their teams are not going to feel as good about all of those guys two years from now as they do right now. It's just that's, that's just how it works. And well, again, it, extend that to Trubisky, Mahomes, yep. all the first-round rookies. And, and the bubble is for real, though, because we're not that far away from losing Brady, losing Breeze, losing Big Ben, losing Phillip Rivers. Aaron Rodgers is not young anymore. He could still play for quite a bit longer. But there's a bunch of older dudes who have been on this list <laughs> for 100 years. I mean, I wrote, I wrote some – terrible QB index article like four years ago I think that was like eh, now it's time for the changing of the guard at quarterback like <laughs> so long to the Brady and Breeze there I mean Peyton Manning was in there so at least he you know that that part was right it's like you know Brady and Breeze not gonna be here any longer it's time for Russell Wilson Andrew Luck and RG3 or whatever you know and it's like don't, that was four years don't ago don't feel bad Greg because like 15 years ago ago Bill Simmons wrote a column saying that Bill Belichick might be too old to be <laughs> so it happens I just, to I just mean that, that we, Breeze and Brady specifically, Peyton to a lesser degree, have told, have helped to change the timeline. So I mean, we are different. maybe in Rogers a could play for eight more years. Normally, we would think of Rogers as basically at the very end now. If it wasn't for Breeze and, and Brady, kind of changing our mind of what can be possible. Dan Belichick wasn't too old until Super Bowl Fifty Two. 
Yeah. <laughs> now he's ancient. Oh, here we now go. it's over. Uh, yeah, we might be in, and Mark, as someone that lived through the dot-com bubble of the late 90s, uh, you could attest to this. Well, we were all alive during that time. It's not <laughs> that You were, like, right in the middle. I, w- I was yeah, actually that. employed with a dot-com there you company go. that Dan burst was, entirely. Dan was in diapers, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. What is this? Y2K, daddy. Um, <laughs> Y2K was funny. Uh, but we are probably, like, potentially in a special golden age, and it's only going to last for, what, one to three years maybe, where potentially these young guys, even if we only hit on two or three of these young guys or even two, uh, God forbid one, hopefully the guy <laughs> in the Jets. Um, uh, if those guys hit and then Rodgers, Brady, Big Ben, Breeze, those guys kind of hang around, we could have a situation where there are like 25 real franchise I will promise you something. Lots of things will go wrong. Yeah, and- Injuries. Yeah. I mean, there it was ha- like if you think about last year as a good example, there was a, a window there where Wentz, Brady, Breeze, Russell Wilson, and Ben – we're all playing at a really high level. And those five guys all kind of represent, other than Brady and Breeze, like different parts of their career. You know, like they, it was all the different generations, basically, of quarterbacks. And you had guys just playing at a, at a really high level. What we need, though, is like 60 guys. So when people get hurt, we're still – I mean, it's – Can we do that? It's That's just how absurd it works, though, because you compare them to each other. So if, no matter what, no, but just you're not going to love It's just good absurd play. that the earth cannot farm 32 <laughs> guys. We've said this a billion times. And it's like I don't care about whatever limits, limitations there are on college systems and growing athletes. Right. The idea that, like, you have 189 – how many college teams play on Saturday? It's an absurd amount. Right. It's a disorganized, giant amount. But we'll always, how do you not come out with 32 starting quarterbacks over the course of – Five our, years. We'll always move the goalposts, though, because just if you just look at the numbers, it's like if you just look at Derek Carr and Dak Prescott's numbers, those numbers stand up with the great quarterbacks of the 1980s. Right. Like, and, and those two quarterbacks had got are down years from from our eyes. Like, we were like watching them, thinking they didn't play yeah, that but well. We, but their numbers were good, and and we're just comparing it to the rest of the. We know numbers are inflated. Like, yeah. why would we even judge? Like, what if every That's backup fair. quarterback was Andy Dalton? They're right around there. So even if you got your backup, you're not going to see grotesque football it's with impossible. John Beck. It's like, impossible. why can't we get there? John Beck. Because we've already said we've already said Shanahan's that, golden boy. Yeah, that Andy Dalton is no one's version of a Hall of Famer or a franchise star. Uh, why can't we get more of those guys just to be backups? Well, then offense would be too good. Yeah, we need defensive coordinators balance. get paid as much as offensive coordinators. Yeah. Like I'll take a I'll take a Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl where there's like a little bit of defense and a lot of offense too. You want you want some balance. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree. I, there's a little too much. We'll just keep, you know, benching Malcolm Butler and whoever the next version of that is and you'll have both teams scoring endlessly. Some of these guys like a Trevor Simeon looks fine when you put him behind a real offensive line. Yeah. But but you can't put backup quarterbacks behind trash offensive lines. Let's just make all the teams pretty good. Parody, but not like parody where everybody's kind of crappy. Parody where everybody's pretty good. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know if that's <laughs> that feels possible. that feels like uh, Pleasantville or something. That's what I'm looking for. I feel like Swishes that's I feel everywhere. like that's essentially week seven through week twelve of every NFL season. Yeah, well, you would not be satisfied with that. I would. I no, would you be say that. Would you be, what about when you it's like the, ten o'clock at night and you're watching like a Sunday night football game between two clubs that are three and eight? You know what? You would be. No, you would be like the. You would be like the 2016 2000. <laughs> 17 Lions. I don't think you would want that. Or like, any Miami Dolphins team. Everyone's 8-8, eight and eight <laughs> and everyone plays really well. 
That's what I'm looking at. I like the Matt Moore-led Dolphins. <laughs> but a better Matt Moore. That's, that it, you are right, Dan. If you're not a true visionary, I, like I don't know what to call you. I, like I think it. every I like football it. fan would agree no that every team going 8-8 eight and eight would be yeah. unusual. I mean, listen, I know it's kind of a theory. It's a little bit out there. Maybe I'm lost in the woods a little bit. But if everybody was good and everyone went 8-8, eight and eight, Nobody would be unhappy. I think this There's is your no... next column <laughs> next week. I, I do need an idea. It's running low on ideas this time of year. There's no light without darkness, Dan. Well, that's true. This would get attention, your 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 wish <laughs> of a all-8-8 eight and eight NFL. I mean, I don't know. That sounds Be- like What about hell. Cleveland? Cleveland would be happy about that. Yeah, the the teams that are bound to go 2-14 and 14, like the idea of 8-8 eight and eight as right. a nice island to sit on, but then – what about the teams that inspire our love of football? Right. They would all be reduced to milk toast nothingness. The games are great, though. Really competitive. Think of your favorite game from last year. Every game is like that. This is this is the most uh, you know out of the box idea since my let's play two regular season games per day all season long <laughs> idea, which is still out there. Just still out two there. Two per day. You can figure it out. I don't know you if w- the players' union will sign up for you that. Want to jump on that Park Avenue and run with it? Greg has floated it many times before. Two on per this day. Show. Dan's favorite division winner of all time is the seven, eight, and one Carolina Panthers of a couple years ago. That's of the squad. Aaron Rodgers starts playing like 2017 Flacco. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> See, that's not. You're not seeing my vision well. Oh, sorry. Um, all right. So there you go. The 2018. Dalton scale with Andy Dalton firmly entrenched as the prime Meridian Meridian of the NFL, right where he should be. Uh, <laughs> ben, Ben's happy. Ben's sitting in the top five as always. So life is good uh, for the bruiser, the big bruiser from Pittsburgh. We'll be back on Friday. We, we being uh, Mark and I uh, will uh, be anchoring things uh, while Greg hopefully uh, has a few drinks over in Huckapoo's. Or maybe in a, in a garage. I don't think they let you in if you're not going to have at least a couple drinks. Am I wrong? Oh, they let children in. You can you can hang out. Yeah, I, I, I think my, liberal I think, rules I, I think what I just said still stands. Yeah. <laughs> Those children are drinking. Yeah. Those children are probably bigger than me. <laughs> uh, are you? Are you? Insinu- I know you're not a, a big man, Greg, but are you insinuating possibly that the people of Tybee are giants? <laughs> no, it was oh. it's just a short joke. Oh, That's all. short joke. Okay. All right. So, have fun, boys. We'll be in touch. Dan Hans is signing off for a quiet storm. The mailman, the old boss, and Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. It's Ty B time, baby. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win win. 
Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.